Welcome to the Locate 852 podcast, bringing you insights on how you can build and scale your business with social platforms. Hosted by the leading Facebook ad strategist in Hong Kong, entrepreneur, branding expert, and the founder of Locate 852, Chris Chung. Mike, brother, thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. Uh, it's always good to talk to have, I've, I've got so many different guests on the show, but it's always good to talk yeah. to actually an actual friend, you know? Um, <laughs> but for the people that don't know you uh, or they're about to know you, um, yeah. t- take us all the way back, man. What was your childhood like? What was your upbringing? How were you as a kid? Yeah, man, easy, easy. And first things first, I appreciate you. I love the movement. I love the tenacity. I love what it is you guys are doing over there and anything that I can do to contribute to your initiative, man. I mean, you let me know and keep me posted. I mean, much love, much respect. But I mean, listen, a little bit about myself, man, born and raised, born and raised over here in the United States. I know you guys are over there in Hong Kong, east east side, east west side. So that's awesome. Uh, But born actually in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and then at a, at a, at a, at a, at a very young age, we, we moved to, to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, you know, I claim Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a, I'm a Georgia boy. But I would say a, a lot of my growth and development was in the Midwest, obviously a little bit colder, um, um, j- just a different type of environment than it is in the South. Um, and, and we did a lot of moving as kids. And I think that 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 that, that one thing has, has helped me become you know, the person I am currently and the person I will be in the future as far as that moving. Because getting acclimated to new environments was something that we learned at a young age. Um, and now that's easy. And that, I believe that's a skill set and that's an understanding that that's necessary. That's some of the big dogs, some of my current mentors that they, they, they have. So, you know, uh, from Milwaukee to, to, to Knoxville, Tennessee, to, 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 to Louisville, Kentucky, to to Melbourne, Florida, to where one went to high school, Melbourne, Florida, majored in, in uh, or obviously, uh, I'm sorry, college in Tallahassee, Florida, after after high school, Melbourne, Florida, majored in biology and exercise science. Um, had the opportunity to play Division One football. Um, that was an incredible, incredible experience that taught me a ton. Uh, man, talk about life lessons. Um, man, that 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 um that experience taught me just as much as actually attending the university, being a part of that program. Um, and we can get a little bit more into that um, at a later time or even here, but that was that was massive. Um, after the fact, um, started doing a little bit of pro track and field training out in Denver, Colorado, um, had, a, uh, had a knee injury, if you will. Um, so that, 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 that stopped, you know, the, the sports and, and, and seeking out that. Um, Man, and, and, and transition immediately into sales, immediately into sales. Father um, works in open heart surgery, um, still does. He's a perfusionist, so he runs the heart and lung machine. So, so that yearn for um, being affiliated with the medical space was huge. And because of that, I transitioned from, from sports to medical sales. Very similar type environment, right? You, you know, it's, it's, it's kill or be, it's kill or be killed. I mean, that's what it is. It's eat or be eaten. Um, and, and, and I use the sports mindset in medical device sales to go to number one of that company in less than about a year and a half. Um, and then had the opportunity once once that came to fruition to to work with 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 some of the best people in the game. Right. Some of the best individuals in the game, such as a, a Grant Cardone, a Brandon Dawson, Natalie Workman, Elena Cardone. Um, I had the opportunity to to work alongside Damon, John, you know, Usher. Like, I mean, these are individuals that, 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 that we came into 
we came into the same, I guess, um, environment because of working with Grant Cardone and, and that, that was a, an incredible opportunity as well. So, um, and now, you know, um, um, currently, currently off on that own entrepreneur type deal. We got a, a lot of cool things working, a lot of cool things running. My goal is, is, is to formulate somewhat of like a rock nation, um, that JC has over there in, in New York and, and, and kind of put a twist on that. Um, and, and, and we're doing that. We're doing that right now. We're doing that right now. So there's a lot of things in the works. That's a, that's a, that's a shot glass version. Of Are you still doing the, the radio thing? I know you hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, that that's another thing. You know, uh, with the executive producer with with Dash Radio, we 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 had a show that was going for maybe about three and a half years now. Um, Ten million listeners every single Sunday, and most recently, what we're doing, myself and my partner, don't tell anybody, Chris, but we're actually we're trying to negotiate a bigger deal and a bigger contract. With a with a more massive platform, so stay tuned. Keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully, come January and February, we can put some type of press out there and let the world know the, the new endeavor that we're taking on. But yes, I'm affiliated with Dash Radio, executive producer, uh, the Crib, right? Uh, radio, man, man. We interview artists and entertainers. Uh, we we drop mixes, emphasis on hip hop, um, and man, absolutely love that man. That's been a blessing as well. So. So when you were growing up, were you a confident kid? Were you, were you shy? Like, did you know you wanted to do your own thing and, and move into sales? Or was it like sports? Like, how were you as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, um, <laughs> definitely a little mischievous one. That, that's, that's definitely for sure. Myself and my brother, man, we got in a ton of, <laughs> a ton of trouble as kids. But what it is, is uh, very, 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 I mean, I would say confident. Um, and that confidence came from the household. That confidence came from um, us being held at a high level to perform in class, right? Um, and, 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 and that's a non-negotiable in, in my family, right? The A's and the B's, it was no C's, there were no D's, there were no F's. It was, it was hey, you have to be great, right? You have to be great. Because um, you're fighting a battle that some people may not even have to fight. I mean, it just is what it is here in the United States of America, man. And you have to separate yourself from everybody else right off the bat. Um, and so that was huge. But athletics played a major role in that as well. Um, you know, pretty good at athletics, man. The track and field, um, to, to, to go into to state and swimming, to go into states and track and field, to being ranked in the United States for, for Taekwondo and, and fighting, to basketball, the baseball. I mean, listen. We we um we were pretty athletic, so that 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 fed into some of that confidence. Not cocky, but but knowing that you belong, knowing that you got something, and knowing that you can contribute to the environment. So that that's how we were as kids. And were you thinking to go go pro? And since you were like in athletics, like were you thinking about like doubling down on on one sport and then going pro? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, listen, that's the that's the goal in everything, right? The, the goal in anything is to get to the top level of that thing that you do. Um, and that, that that's an aspiration that any kid has, any any adult has, or any uh, any individual that, that that may have an opportunity to go ahead and do that. And you know, luckily the path kind of led towards that way. So that's always an aspiration. But you know, you know, so, sometimes sometimes you realize that there's some things that you can't control. Mm -hmm. That 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 maybe 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 take you off that path and put you on another one. 
Uh, but yeah, man, of course. I mean, shit, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> what were you, you know? uh, what were some of the lessons that you learned when you were, you know, part of the team and you said you were training, um, you said you learned just as much throughout those, those times, just as much as you were in, uh, when you were actually studying. Yeah. So I guess the biggest thing, the big, one of the biggest things that I learned was being able to effectively relate to different types of, or different quadrants when, when it relates to, to uh, classes, right? And, and what I mean by that is your, your, your lower, your middle, and your upper class. And, and yes, we're talking financials here. Um, you know, you, you go into a locker room and, and there's guys, and, and you fit that mold, it's you too. You, you can't even pay for, for lunch. Like, okay, yeah, you're on scholarship. What does that even mean? doesn't mean anything you get a you get some books you get room and board but but where's breakfast coming from and, 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 and you know you're, you're around people that you know they got nothing um and, and you're playing with those guys and, and, you, and you're around the hunger you're around the determination like that's the out and it's sad but it's true and and, and that's one of the things i want to change i don't want that to only be the out Right, the out uh, on the come up, but it, it you know in, in in certain certain people's lives that's what it is. So you're around that, and then and then you get out of that, and then you go to a luncheon with boosters who are contributing fifty million and a hundred million to a, a university, and you're sitting next to them, and now you're not in the locker room. Now you're talking to the son of the CEO of of, of Publix, and you're having a conversation with that guy. Um, and then, and then you're out of that luncheon and then you go back to the locker. So, so being, being in different environments, man, and talking to different types of people at different, different class levels, right. That was big, man, because, because being able to relate to people is, is number one and being able to get on the frequency is, is, is so, so, so important. It's like being a chameleon, man. It's being a chameleon, you know, how do you fit into each and every single environment? Um, that ties that into, was one of the biggest lessons. Biggest that, lessons. That, that ties into sales, which we're, we're going to talk about in just a, a little bit. But when you that was obviously pre-sales, pre-doing this full time and being an actual absolute expert at it, closing. How, how much have you closed over the years? What's, what's the big <laughs> um, number? Very, very, I mean, honestly, about 35 to 40. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So before doing that, how did you learn to to acclimate to to be able to relate with people from from different classes was that just from seeing what others were doing and trying to mimicking that or were you just naturally good at it like what was kind of like the steps that you took in order to really be able to relate on, on different levels yeah so i think i think one of the steps that was taken was a step that i didn't even know was being taken at the time and that you know you rewind back to us as kids and it all it all comes from that moving. Moving is moving can be very 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 taxing on adults and even more taxing on on younger individuals on children from from going to different schools to going to Catholic schools to going to public schools to going to inner city schools to going to rural schools to going to schools in the north to going to schools in the south to going to schools where you have metal detectors to where you, you got to walk through two metal detectors to get in. And then going the, the next year, you're in a school where you're wearing a uniform and you're going to you're going to mass every single Wednesday 
at 9 a.m. It's, 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 it's night and day. Um, and so I think the steps or the initial steps were taken were, were steps that I didn't even realize at the time. But I'm very, 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 very thankful for those steps. And that's what, that's what was the foundation for, you know, college and thereafter to be able to, to be able to acclimate to your environment and to be able to relate to people, to the relate to the type of person that's in front of you. I think that's a, that's one of the biggest advantages, um, even though it was taxing during the time, but that paved the way for you to be able to mm-hmm. relate to everybody, to, to speak, you know, that, that frequency is so important to, to get along mm-hmm. with the same frequency with, especially when meeting new people as well. Um, totally. Totally. Did you know, uh, you, since, since the first day I've met you, we were just talking off camera, which was, uh, you know, the big Jay-Z play is, 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 what, <laughs> is what you've been grinding for since day one. When did that come to, when was that like something that, that you came to, came to thought and you were playing that you want to do that? Yeah, I mean, I would say it started to come to mind. I would honestly say, I would honestly say after college, right after college, um, listen, you have a network of individuals, um, athletic individuals, you know, guys in the league who are playing currently, who are active right now, where you and I are on this podcast, earning a check, right? A multi-million dollar check every single game. And that access, you don't realize at the time, but that access is access that a lot of other people don't have. Um, and, and you come from the same backgrounds. You look like them. You, you walk like them. You talk like them. You had to go through hell with them. So, so understanding that, okay, listen, those are those are relationships that need to be fostered, and those are relationships that 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 you can't overlook. For me, when I was always walking into the locker room, it's like I always came to came to this thought: how after this, how after this part of my life, can I help the guys who are growing out of this? Always, 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 always. It's always been like that. And and so, you know, you start studying the people who are currently doing it. Well, uh, you know, I love hip hop, love hip hop, love the love the love the guys who've been doing it for an extended period of time. Love the biggies, love the Jay-Z's, love the big L's, love the Jada kisses, love, love the guys from the north. Right. That, that have been doing it since the, you know the late eighties before I was even alive in the nineties and two thousands and up into present time. Um, and so, so studying those guys and who's been making a move for the past 30 years. I mean, there's only a couple of people at the top. So you combine those two, those two things. And that's what led me to the, to the old Jay-Z thing and studying how he moves and how he operates, who's around him and what companies he starts, the investments that he, that he that he goes in on and and and, and that's how that's how that came to fruition man. with that to to take another point of that before that came to fruition was there a point where you thought maybe i should just uh take take a job and get a solid paycheck and then do that and figure out a step at a time or was it already big plans since the very very beginning well i mean it was it was it was a, it's always been the plan but you know you can know where you want to be, but not know how to get there. Hmm. Right. And so for me, with the mentorship that I've received, communication is number one. Sales is everything. 
And as long as you effectively, if as long as you can effectively communicate, you can pretty much get whatever you want in some way, shape, or form. I mean, that's that's the game. So I got into sales because I realized I was in control. I was in control of the consumer. I was in control of the experience. I was in control of my paycheck. I was ultimately in control of my time, more or less. And it made sense. You see, you, you, you can do, you can do a, a trade job. Okay, that's awesome. But me knowing how to screw something into the wall means absolutely nothing if I don't have, if, if I can't persuade somebody to allow me to screw something into their wall, right? So I was like, okay, the trade is good, but, but what about before the trade? What about like the business side of things? What about the, the acquisition of clients? What about the, the, the customer relationship, the experience, the, the, the actual sales process? That's where the money is, right? So, so that, that's kind of what led me to go that route and, and the thought process the thought process that, that piggyback off that. So let's talk about all things sales. Um, Ooh, okay, let's go. What was your, okay, <laughs> let's go from the very beginning of your sales career and your first approach with, you know, doing any sort of selling. What was that first uh, approach like? And what did you, how were you at the time? Were you already relatively good or did you did you suck at it or, or what was no, that? Absolutely. I, I was, I was, I sucked at it. I saw, I, I remember, I remember it was a, uh, man, the first, the first job that I had. Um, and this was during the transition from, from college to going to Denver, Colorado. And right? how, how old were you just to give some context for, for people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, bro, I would honestly say maybe like 20 24 maybe 20 yeah probably about 24 probably about 24 maybe okay. about 23 um was working in cellular sales at a target okay yeah man yeah man and yeah and um and um i did that for a summer um and then also that summer i would drive all the way to orlando and I was in security, bar back, bartender. Like it was, it was crazy. You know, it was that grind. It was that time, man. I mean, you just, you're just looking to get a check. And then went to Denver, thank God, and started training out there. But, 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 with that being said, like, like I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I had no training on it. Um, the only thing that I was relying on was, was, was the up season. You know, the Novembers, the Decembers, when everybody was buying iPhones and and coming in to to open up new lines and, and getting, um, maybe getting headphones or whatever, it may, whatever the case may be, phone cases. But I knew, but I knew this one thing. I knew this one thing. I noticed this one thing from that sales job was you got to be personable. And the people around me weren't personable. Um, and I, I was good in that environment. When you look back, you were, I was absolutely ridiculous. It was horrible, but but that was the first sales job that I ever had. I'll never forget it. My manager's name was Chris. Um, man, just 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 it, it was crazy. It was crazy because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. You you touched on the point about being personable 
there's a lot of people that aren't personable, but needs to do. So everyone should be, it should be equipped with this skill set in order to be able to sell even at a mm-hmm. basic level. What kind of advice would you give people in order to become a little bit more personable? Yeah. To, to actually give a damn. Hmm. To, to, to actually understand who it is you're speaking to, to be able to relate to them, to, to, to take, your, take yourself out of your shoes and put yourself in their shoes. Listen, if somebody walks up to you and you're in sales, face-to-face sales, and they're wearing uh, a jersey, right? I'm here, I'm here in the United States right now, so let's just say the Dallas Cowboys. It's ridiculous if you don't take notice of that and and sprinkle that in somewhere into your sales process Mm -hmm. or your initial meet and greet. Like it's almost to the point where if you don't do that, you don't want the sale. If I saw someone walk up to me in Dallas Cowboys jersey, man, y'all had a hell of a game, hell of a game last Sunday, man. Dak Prescott went for like 240 yards. Right then and there. Either they're going to agree or they're going to say, oh, no, someone gifted me this, this jersey. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But, but, but whatever it may be, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm relating to them. Like, so you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to pick your head up. You actually got to be present. Pick your head up and look at the person in front of you and get on their level. After doing that first job, what was that next experience with sales where you feel like you've started to learn a little bit more you've leveled up a little bit more yeah so the 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 next the next thing that i did or next sales deal was medical device sales and that was a whole different ballgame now now you know you take the target experience and the cellular sales i'll never forget that you know there's some there's there's about a year and a half in there of of training in denver colorado of, of going to to medical device sales college to 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 kind of kind of crafting that skill set to get good when I hopped back into the space of sales, um, and so when that took place, when that took place, um, um, it was great. I kind of well, not I kind of knew. I knew what it is that I was doing, in the essence of product knowledge and industry specifics. Uh, being able to sell the medical docs is a whole different ball game than selling to a family who needs four Verizon lines open. It's just it's, it's a different ball game. Um, but but I realized that time was of the essence because I didn't have the time of the the docs who were in front of me. I didn't have all their time. I couldn't pitch them for four hours. I could pitch them for four and a half minutes. They were going from one case to another case a total knee to a total hip replacement. You're catching them between cases when they have blood on their hands and they're washing their blood off their hands. Like that's when you're pitching a doc. So you had to, you had to realize that time was of the essence. And, and within that short amount of time, you had to bring a punch that hit them in the jaw to the point where they remembered you after they operated on seven more people that day. Mm. And when you can figure that out, when you can figure that out, that's where, that's where your graph went like that as far as production. Um, and so that was the next, that was the next sales job or sales role that I had. I love that. That was, that was great. It was awesome. Tons, tons of experience there. Tons of, or tons of learning experiences there. Walk me through that process. Like how did you then be able to, to pitch in such a small, you know, uh, gap of time and be able to, you know, 
deliver a, a, a very, very strong pitch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you had to do your due diligence on the doc. You had to do your due diligence on the type of on the type of of, of medical devices they used, the type of surgeries they performed, how they performed their surgeries, who who they typically order from, um, if it was pharmaceuticals, you know, was it uh, what is it uh, an original OEM or was it was it was in an outsource? Was was the pharmacy buyer involved? Were they not involved? Like there was a lot of there was a lot of um, 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 work that went into understanding who it is we're speaking to before you spoke to them. And then when you had them, you had to go all in. One of the biggest things would be to relate to them. Relate. One of the biggest things I used to relate to them was, wasn't the product, it wasn't the medical device, it wasn't the pharmaceutical, it wasn't the medication, but it were, it was the, the case studies, the case studies, introducing the case studies. Hey, listen, I know, I know the last thing you're thinking about is, 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 is sodium chloride and the shortage that's, that's currently going on. But the bottom line is that that's happening. There's a current case study found in X, Y, and Z that states, and, and then you would, then you would throw out a statistic. Hey, did you read that? Oh yeah, actually I did read that. I did read that. I did read that while they're washing their hands. Great. That's what I'm here to talk to you about. It would be crazy for me to pitch you on what it is that we bring to the table, the formula, the, the type of formulary that we could introduce. But what I want to do is I want to earn some time where I could get 15 minutes of your undivided attention post case to, to walk you through some of these current case studies and how we're contributing to those case studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd consider taking them up. Boom, they're gone. Now, if you didn't pull their contact number, if you didn't get an email, and you're screwed. I mean, that would, that's what it was. So, so it, it's just, it's just, it was the end. The end, the end with those guys is, 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 is studies, is experiments, is, is graphs, is, is patient statistics. And it's the things that move the needle to make their lives easier as it relates to, you know, the procedure they carry out every single day. And did you figure out that the case studies was the way in by yourself or was everyone else doing it? Or did you, how did you crack that code? Um, there was one, there was a mentor that I had who kind of, who kind of steered me in that direction. Um, but I can't say that I, I, anybody told me go the case study route. Go go the experiment route. Go the go the the patient number route. But to me, it's like, man, I can't. I can't. It's physically impossible for me to show a doctor in an entire device in four minutes. Mm. I don't have their undivided attention. But what I can show somebody in four minutes is statistics, is numbers, is fifteen doctors that are on their same board. Let's say it's the uh, the the board of the American board of of, of, of cancer society, wh whatever it may be. If I can say that this doc and this doc and this doc and this doc was involved in this study and they're on the same board that you sit on and this is what we found and, and because of that, this is why I'm in front of you and this is what they're currently doing and have you heard about that? Now I piqued some interest. So that was that was the route. So what was the what was the people that are around you doing the same things and copying what you were doing or were they doing doing something else? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for, to a degree, to a degree they were, but, you know, 
it's not just pitching the dock. That's the first phase. Then you got to pitch. Then you got to pitch the decision makers. The doc writes the script. The, the doc writes the script for whatever it is. But what about acquisitions? What about opening up an account? What about the CEO of the entire hospital? Like there, there were so many other presentations that 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 came with with, with opening up an account that that paid you every single month. So that was only one step in the process, man. That's another thing, you know, walking into a room and, and presenting to guys who have, you know, four PhDs and doctorates and, and, and pitching them a, a, a product or a product and, and, them, and them asking you questions on it. Like you, you, you really had to know your stuff. And luckily I did. So you did that job for what about a year and a half, did you say? Yeah, I would say, no, I would almost say about two years. I'll say about two, two almost, years. more or less, like, yeah, more or less. Yeah. And then you decided that you wanted to further growth and then move somewhere else, or what was that next step? Yeah, well, well I did the orthopedic and pharmaceutical sales, and then what I did is I transitioned primarily to ph uh, pharmaceutical sales, and then when I was doing pharmaceutical sales, I went to number one. I went to number one. I was at the top of the board. That's it. No one could touch me. No one... I, I think my records still stand in that organization, right? There's a guy that helped me get to number one and he was using some training, right? From, from a guy by the name of Grant Cardone, right? And I didn't know it at the time, but I would use some of those closes to get into, um, get into meetings with pharmacy buyers and controllers. Share with us the some, of, some of those stuff. Let's do. Let's oh, yeah. It. <laughs> well, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Give, give us some examples. Like back then, you know, like you were, you, you, you haven't touched any sort of like GC stuff yet. You were only exposed just because of, uh, of, of some oh, of the closes yeah. or some of the, some of the tools yeah. and techniques. What were, like, how would you rate yourself knowing what you know now from to, to where you are back then? And what were some of the, some of the first like few, few kind of techniques you know a few things that you've been using <laughs> yeah so so i would rank myself a negative 45 on a scale from one to ten definitely okay. Okay. Um, but, but 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 um as far as some of the things that i was using um it was closing on getting an appointment okay right? closing on getting an appointment with the pharmacy buyer because there's a relationship that has to be built right People don't know this, but in, in, in formularies for hospitals, they can either go, you know, an actual manufacturer for product, like an Amerisource Bergen or Hospera, or, or these are some of the bigger, bigger, the, the unicorn type representation um, uh, companies on the stock market, the guys that run the show, the massive pharmaceutical heads, or, or you can go to the secondary market, right? The secondary market is the market that, that we represented when the primary market was in shortage, okay? So, 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 so we had to build a relationship with the pharmacy buyers so that when they needed us, they would call our company as opposed to another company, right? So setting the appointment and getting in front of the pharmacy buyer was probably the first thing that I've really learned. And then, and then, and then following up, game over. The follow-up, the follow-up, you know, enlightening them on what's currently going on in the industry, 
not only talking about what you can sell them, but 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 giving them so giving them some clear vision on what's about to come, what's about to go short, why is this going short, what people are doing to overcome it, what they're using against the shortage, right? And and being that being that that source of information as opposed to only a source of product when necessary. That was that was that was huge, huge. And and those those are the two things that um that I used there from Grant uh, Cardone that really, really, really elevated my production. Did Those you, two things. So, so you, you set the appointment and then did you, for the follow-up, were you doing like, like a uh, call follow-ups? Were you doing text follow-ups, email follow-ups, or, or how did you kind of structure it for, for the people that like are maybe just, you know, first got yeah. to sales? Do they, do they set a reminder on their phone to, to, to say, you know, this is the first message you send and then the next one I should say this. If they don't reply, let, let me say that. Like, how are you yeah. structuring that? So I wasn't, I wasn't that, I wasn't that. Um, Tactical? Developed at the time, right? There, there is strategy. Like what it is that you're saying is necessary. It's, 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 you know, what do I do? And what do I say if this happens? What do I do and what do I say if that happens? If they say go play in traffic, okay, what's my rebuttal to go play in traffic to the point where I'm a point of, of contact and you don't think of me like everybody else? Like, like those are steps. And, and that's, that's, that's there and that's available. But at the time, at the time, I didn't have, I didn't have a, a diagram of ways to stay in contact with people, but I knew cell phone numbers, I knew emails, and I knew all the decision makers. So a constant blanket of emails on, 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 on what's currently going on in availability due to shortage, uh, back order meds, text messages, and then having a CRM, some sort of CRM to provide a reminder of, hey, you need to get in contact with X, Y, and Z. You need to stay in contact with X, Y, and Z. And those reminders weren't reminders to sell them because at certain points they didn't have to, they didn't need to buy anything, but it was a reminder to stay in communication with them and to not ask for the sale, but to provide value, to provide information. That's that was the that was the, that was the only form of follow up. Um, it wasn't anything more strategic than that. But it goes to show you that man, even if you follow up, you're gonna crush it because not a lot of people do. So that was your first exposure to kind of using some sort of framework mm -hmm. and to help elevate, you know, your your selling skill set. Where did you go? Where did you go from there? Yeah. So so. You know, this, 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 now we're, now we're in Miami, Florida and, and the individual that was providing some of the clothes for me to get some of these appointments happened, happened to get a job opportunity with Grant Cardone. Now I didn't know who the guy was, didn't follow the guy, right? But, but he went over that way and lo and behold, a couple months down the road, Right, he started reaching out. Hey man, check this clothes out. Hey man, check out this content. Hey man, check this out. Hey, you should really come through. Hey, you should really come through. Hey, you should really check out the office. This guy's a savage. He's doing something crazy. There's a massive movement going on. And believe it or not, Chris it took me eight and a half months to actually take the situation seriously. Eight and a half months. Eight and a half months. And, and finally, finally, I'm like, okay, let me let me see what this thing's all about. And I walk in there 
And well, the rest is history. The rest is history. That's it. So you walked in there. What, what year was this? This was um, 2017. Okay. And so yeah. Grant was already there. They're always hiring people in order to do sales. And you decide to say, hey, once you, you checked it out, you're like, yo, I want to be part of this. Um, mm-hmm. How do I get involved? Mm-hmm. And then you went through the process and then joined the team. That's exactly what happened, right? I went there and, um, you know, you realize you immediately walk into a, to a environment like that. And that was like the New England Patriots of, of business, man. I mean, you know, you know, I walked in, I remember they said, oh, hey, you're required to train every single day before you get into the office. Oh, there's meetings every single day. Oh, you're required to hit these numbers. Oh, there's these steps. Okay, you're talking to these type of people. Okay, these are the problems that you're solving. This is how you overcome this. This is how you overcome that. This is what you do here. And I saw, okay, so there's a playbook. And so, and so rewind, rewind to when, when, when you're in sports, there's a playbook. Right. I just I, I was like, oh, wow, this is like um, this is like sports. OK, it's simple. Run the play, run the play. They provide the play, just run the play. Um, and so I remember I remember just sitting back after the first interview and realizing, OK, I can learn something here. The moment I don't learn something here, it's going to be a problem. But there's a shit ton to learn currently. So maybe this is the right thing. And it was incredible 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 experience so some of the training walk me through like you know even when i when i first met you two years ago you were still training every single day like there's this 100 it's like before work we'd be hanging out after work but then you know (laughs) the next morning is training before work and then i'll see you at the office um (laughs) talk to me about stuff about the like the the training what was the from going from you know the 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 last job to then work Mm -hmm. for gc where you're then suddenly exposed to a playbook what was mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you learned right off the bat that like really moved the needle in, 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 in regards to sales? Um, attitude, training on mindset, training on approach, attitude, mindset, approach. First three things you train on, right? And, 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 and listen, I, I don't want anybody to think that training goes away i still train it's it's necessary like it it will never stop it will never ever 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 stop training will always be there and the person who's the most trained is the person who wins the ball game that's it so we're playing a ball game and it's called life so if you're not training every single day you're crazy and you really don't want to win no chance you really don't want to win now with that being said attitude approach mindset those are the first things it wasn't even anything and it wasn't even anything tactical right it was your environment and in 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 where's where's your mind at what are your goals what are the targets like that that those are those are elementary type elementary type topics but those are topics that are necessary if you really want to move the needle um, that was the first training, man. It wasn't, it wasn't how do I overcome an objection of an individual that says I'm not interested? How do I negotiate a multi-million dollar deal with 18 executives sitting at a table and four legal in the corner? 
it was it, it wasn't that it was the just the, the just the, the the framework attitude mindset and approach every single day what are some of then how okay it's a two-part question what are some of the mistakes you see people making in regards to this fundamental level of attitude mindset and approach um mm -hmm. and what are some of the common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to that um realizing realizing that your attitude can be good at 8 a.m and horrible at 8.03 a.m. Mm. It only takes 30 seconds for your attitude to, to, to be off. And, and you, you, you think that you check it in the morning and then you don't got to check it until the next morning. You're wrong. You got to check that thing every single second of the day, right? You got to realize where it is you are. You got to constantly go back to, Go back to okay. What what am I really doing here, man? What am I what am I really doing here? Like, what is the goal? What is the objective? Not today, but for tomorrow, for for next month, for next year, for the next ten years. Like, like you got to be thinking about those things. So that's what that that was something that I did too. I, I you know you learn you learn okay. Well, you got to have your attitude, your mindset, and approach at an all time high. And you only check in in the morning, and then you forget about checking into the very next morning. That'll cost you millions of dollars in productions and millions of dollars to your bank account. Just that alone. Just that alone. Um, and so that, that's one of the biggest mistakes that I made, but but was able to fine tune. And that those are some of the biggest mistakes that I've seen out there. You, you gotta have you gotta have a harness on where your head's at. But it's not just a one time check. It's a it's an every minute check every minute check. And so how long did you do that base training that the fundamentals, mm -hmm. how long were you required to do that until you moved a level up? Yeah. So, so, I mean, we were on that, I would say for about, I mean, the basic, the basic level training is a good six and a half to seven months, man. Like every single day, it's not, you know, it's and then, and then it goes into the meet and greet, and then it goes into the fact finding, and then it goes to setting appointments, and then it goes to, to cold calls and warm calls and following up and closing and negotiating and leadership training and management training and new hire training, and, and then ultimately scaling businesses. Like there, there's a progression, there's a progression, and, and all that, all that evolves from that, that foundation. But that foundation was a, a pretty significant period of time. But without without that without the constant without that constant constant just over and over again training on that stuff, the other stuff would be obsolete because you would never be able to get to that level. Yes. And I know just being being in the the room with you a couple of times, you could see that the energy is super high up. The everyone's bringing the heat. Every there's a leaderboard. People are ringing bells mm -hmm. and cutting ties. Uh, <laughs> so. For for the people that like are just getting into sales, what are some of the advice that you know they, they don't have all that training? Would you suggest them getting training? Would you suggest them just diving into it and trying it? What's kind of like a very, very basic framework that you can give people um when they how on how they should approach selling? Yeah, so so you know, one of the biggest principles that we operated with in that environment 
with the mentorship of Grant Cardone was it's going to take 10 times the amount of effort that you originally think it's going to take in order to see success. So realize that in sales, unless you're a wizard of all wizards, and if you are and you're watching this, then you can reach out to me. Chris will give you my contact information and I want the same juice you're sipping on, right? Unless you're that guy, unless you're that, guy, that girl, right? It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time and, and, and it's going to take some very serious effort. Now, the way to shrink that time is through consistent training. I would say if you are not training, if you haven't trained, right, you need to. There's incredible books out there from, from an incredible book, um, E-Myth, uh, to Patrick Bet David has some incredible books that he's written out to, to Grant Cardone and, and the 10X Rule. And if you're not sold or if you're not first, you're last and seller be sold. I mean, there's, there's a number of books that can help you achieve this. But I would definitely stay, start reading, start reading, um, start reading up on how to sell, man. Start reading up on, on how to communicate and realize that that selling is selling and closing is closing. And those are completely two different skill sets. You know, realize, realize that, and I used to say this on, these, on, on our startup calls, there, there's 16 and 17 year olds that have more training on how to drive a vehicle, which is typically about, I don't know, half a semester in high school than most adults do on how to drive revenue and provide for their families on how to effectively communicate. On, on actually how to sell. And then everybody wonders, hey, why can I not get to the next level? Why can I not achieve what I want to achieve? Well, you got to train, man. It, it, would be, it, would be, it would be like if, if LeBron James never, ever, ever trained on how to play basketball. Would he be LeBron James? No. Never. It's just not even an option. So, so attack, attack sales like, like a professional athlete attacks sports. Dissect it. Train on it. Train on it again. And when you think you understand it, that's when you don't know anything. Mm. That's, you know what I'm saying? When you think you understand it, that's when you don't know anything. Because just like when you watch a movie two or three times over, and it's 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 uh, it's 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 um you know let let's say we're watching a, a funny movie, and you're laughing at all the at the all the jokes the first time you watch it, and second jokes that followed the first joke because you were laughing at the first jokes, and then and then you watch it again, you're like, damn, I didn't even hear that joke, and then you watch it a third time, like I didn't even hear that joke that followed that, and it's funny every single time you watch that movie because you're more aware of the movie. It's the same thing with sales. So know that you're never too good to train. It's constantly evolving and know that the training will mean something different to you at different stages of your development, mm -hmm. for sure. You just said selling is selling and closing is closing. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a different part of the sale. Like selling is, 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 is me me getting you to a point where I can provide a feature, an advantage, or a benefit to you moving forward with the product or service and justifying that it's the right decision. Now, once we justify and once we sell that it's the right decision, now I got to close you on moving forward with me. 
Listen, it, 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 it's, it's two different parts to the puzzle. I'm here, and if I'm good at selling, it doesn't mean I'm good at closing. It's like you, you jump the bridge, right? Okay, I'm good here. Okay, I jumped the bridge. Now I'm in the close. Hey, Chris, have you seen enough and heard enough to make a decision? Yeah, I have. Excellent. That's the close. That, that, that right there is that, that, that phrase is you jumping the bridge. Okay. Yeah, I have I've seen enough and heard enough to make a decision. Boom. You don't got to sell anymore, right? Now we're over here. Now you got to close. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. Love that. So, so out of the out of the options and out of the things we've discussed and out of out of out of the, the potential ways you can move forward, which one of these makes most sense to you? Now I'm in the close, man. I I'm not. I am not selling. I will never go back to selling. I will never talk about the product or service ever again, unless unless they have one or two questions about it. Right. I stay in the close. Now you're in negotiations. That's another skill set. So you got to realize that. That selling is selling, closing is closing, negotiations is negotiations, and those are all different things that you need to train on. It's not one; they're not one; they're not one and the same. They're three different things. They're three different things. So I feel like there's a people when people are, are, are in sales and they're just starting off, they they have this very awkward transition between you know when they're asking questions like, "Oh, what are you doing right now?" So this like fact finding stage of like. Do you like it? Is there a problem? What's your experience with it? How do you like it? Uh, why is it not working? Why is it working? And once they get enough of those answers, they have this very awkward jump between trying to pitch and then it just goes into like, like, yeah, so let me yeah. shove my product service down your throat, right? <laughs> and it's this like very weird jump. It's a very weird gap yeah. that people go through. Yeah. And so what, what are some of the fixes that you would recommend people doing? And like, is there like... um? You know, there's there's different stages from like you know like uh, selling, closing, negotiations. Like, is there a very simple roadmap that you always kind of keep in your head? Because I know mm -hmm. some people that have um you know been selling for a long time, they kind of like okay, let me ask. You know, this is kind of the the sort of question that I ask. And once they give me that uh, an answer towards like this sort of question, I can I can now move on to you know this section. And that they give me this sort of answer, then we move into next step. And then you kind of seamlessly transition into, you know, when the deal is done. So what kind of like framework do you, you typically use in order to keep it kind of easy or if people that are just getting into sales? Yeah. So, so, you know, with my mentors, what I've been taught is Everything is dictated on the initial meet and greet and fact finding. The only reason why anybody buys anything is to solve a problem. That's it. And if you can't identify what that problem is, you will not be able to identify how you can provide a solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. So fact finding is everything, everything. And, and when I say fact finding is everything, I'm not, I'm not only talking about you know, getting one or two answers, but getting granular, granular on those answers. What do you mean by that? When was the last time you ever tried to uh, address this problem? Right, right, right. If you did address the problem and it didn't work, why didn't it work in the past? What would you change about the past that you would have to bring into present time in order for you to even consider what it is that we have going on? Like, 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 you know, why, why is this important to you? Who else was involved in making this decision? Um, 
how soon are you looking to improve the problem? You know, like, like you got to get, you got to get to the, you got to get to the nitty gritty on, on the initial meet and greet fact finding. Um, so, so you, you, once you understand the, the problem, then you can effectively pitch the solution to the problem. And in that transition to the pitch is, is seamless. It's seamless. But you you gotta be you gotta be present, man. Like like you gotta be writing stuff down. Like like you gotta understand. Like you gotta understand the buyer. You, I gotta understand. I'm, I'm I'm talking to my man Christopher. I gotta understand Christopher. Like if I don't understand you, I'm wasting your time. That's it. So 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 you gotta know that. And then there's transition. There's transition phrases. And and listen. We, we, I mean, I've trained on this stuff for five years now and I continue to train on it. So, you know, a lot of this stuff may seem difficult or a lot of this stuff may, may, may be completely brand new. Know it works, but know that you got to really put energy into understanding the true essence of sales and where you're at in the sales process at every single step of the way. But know there are transition questions or statements to get you to the next part of the sale. But you got to rehearse that. You got to role play that. You, you got to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Do it in front of a mirror. Do it in front of one of your friends. Do it. In, do it with a coworker. Like you got to realize, man. You you got to be so obsessive with this thing to get really good at it. What yeah. are you know after for training? You you continue to train for over you know selling over you know thirty plus million. What are some? You must have some of the the go-to questions that you like to use, the go-to poses, <laughs> you know, the secret sauce, like give us a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen. I'll, I'll what's what's been like, like effective, you know, like there's, there's some stuff that, you know, I know in like basketball, you, you there's some moves, you know, if I need a bucket, like, like we got, like this I'm, is the, I'm going to get a bucket with this. Like. Totally, totally. Well, well I'll say this much. The best, the, the thing that works is the thing that's used the most. It's like a CRM. Everybody always asks, what's the best CRM? Well, the best CRM is the one that's actually used. So I don't want you to think there is a golden nugget because there are no golden nuggets. But if there were golden nuggets, if there were golden nuggets, right? The number one golden nugget that I would say when transitioning to the close and actually being able to close is understanding financial wherewithal, understanding who the decision makers are, understanding their buying patterns and tendencies in the past, and then getting to the why they would even consider moving forward with you on the current, on the current opportunity. If I, can, if I can get to those four things, if I can understand those four things in the next call or the next meeting that I set up, They've got pricing. They've got they've got info deck. Um, you've reconfirmed on the calendar invite fifty five times. You've sent them testimonials. You sent them case studies. You sent them Starbucks. You, you you sent them you know maybe it's pens. Maybe maybe your company has pens. Maybe maybe you send them pens. You send them something for them to think with, and they show up to that next call. It's your responsibility to close them. And all the decision makers are there. You're, you're you're crazy if you do not close them, because if they show up after all that follow up and they know the pricing 
and all the decision makers are there, right? It's a deal. So now, so now it's a, it's a matter of staying in the close and not letting up. And, and listen, there are going to be conversations that go one hour, two hours, three hours, and they're going to tell you, I'm not going to do anything today. Or, hey, I got to talk this over with my higher ups. Or, hey, I've got another partner I want to run this by or whatever it is. And you got to realize that when you get to those objections, that you're very, very close to the sale. You see, the, the person that has to give an ex, ex, uh, explanation on why they don't want to do something is the person that can easily be sold. The person that gives no explanation. No, I will not be moving forward. Thank you for your time. Without any reasoning as to why is a harder person to sell. So if you're getting reasons as to why somebody's not going to do something, know that you can sell that person. But you got to stay in the game. You got to stay in the game. What are some of the most common rejections or objections that yeah. you, you usually, you know, it, whether it be the clients that you work with that, that their clients, uh, their prospects show, or even just on a day-to-day basis that are like, it's always the ones that come up and how do you distinguish, how do you first like um, overcome the objections and how do you know when it's a, it's probably a hard no or when mm-hmm. they're just pulling something to, to, to probably just figure out later? Yeah, so that's a great question, man. That's a great question. Um, and what, what, what my mentors have taught me is with any objection, you agree, you isolate, you validate, you probe, you tie down, and you close. And there's, step, there's steps and there's a process to be able to overcome objections. But you also got to realize this that objections that you get in the first part of the sales process do not mean the same thing as an objection that you receive after you've done a presentation and facts and figures are presented and all the decision makers are present in the room. If you hear I'm not interested on an initial phone call, that doesn't mean anything. Ma'am, sir, with all due respect, how could you be interested in something you never knew existed, you've never seen and or heard of before? It would be it would be crazy if you were interested in something you've never seen or heard of before. It means absolutely nothing. I don't have time. Call me back next month. We're already working with something. We already have something. Uh, we don't do business with with individuals like yourself. Th- those all initial objections mean absolutely nothing, and and you take them for a grain of salt. You just ha- you you have to be very very effective on being able to overcome that objection and buying more time. Now, on the contrary, if I get a, hey, we love what it is we see, um, and we're going to need to talk it over. We appreciate your time today. We're going to go over the case studies and testimonials that you've been sending for the past seven days, and we're going to re we're going to reconfirm which pricing makes the most sense. And and I and I hear that in the demo, like after the the entire presentation and a week of entire follow up, it's a whole different type of way to overcome that. Because to me, it's like, bro, you showed up, you knew what you were getting into, you got all the people available that can make a decision. So what are you really not telling me? Like, what's your real concern? Like, if if you were telling the truth, what would the truth sound like right now? Like, that's where you can get just, just filthy with it. Like, really, really, really like start asking hard questions. But, but you, you, the way you overcome those objections is, 
is different on the back end than you do on the front end. The front end means absolutely nothing. The back end, you got to realize if it's a true objection or if what they're telling you is really what it is or if they mean something else. You know, it's just that's the game, man. That's so, the game. so, so on the front end, would you say you just acknowledge and move on, or a hundred percent, a hundred percent, hundred percent? Hey, I'm not interested. Hey, totally understand. Hey, listen, that's the reason that I'm calling. Boom, and then I'm going right on into my pitch. That's it. Like, hey, I don't have time. Hey, you, are you serious, man? You don't have time. <laughs> Neither do I. That's the thing that I'm chasing. And that's the reason why people move forward with us is because what we do and what we bring to the table allows for people to gain more time. Now, if you had more time, what would that look like for you? Oh, it would be incredible. Great. Let me show you a way how we can do that. And if I can't do that in under 30 seconds, I'll hang up on myself. Fair enough. Yeah, what the hell? Boom. Now I go on into my call. Now I go on into my pitch. Now I go on into my presentation. I'm just agreeing, acknowledging and saying, get out of here. That means absolutely nothing, and I'm going on into the deal. And towards the end of the 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 close, when they're giving you that objections, like we might need to think about it, prices might be a little bit like, can we work out a, a pricing structure or or the harder objections? Is it still the same framework, or how how do you then how does that dif- differ from the way that you tackle the initial objections? Yeah. So so so. <clears throat> excuse me like i don't want to say that you use a different framework on the agree the isolate the validate the probe the tie down the close but when somebody gives you a real objection on the back end you got to understand if it's valid like i already know that the objections on the front end are valid they, they don't mean anything it's physically impossible but on the back end hey yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to just discuss this price hey got it totally understand other than price is there anything else that would prevent us from moving forward with doing business with you today? This is the stuff that we were taught. This is the stuff that we were trained on every single day. What I'm not, what I'm saying has nothing to do. I didn't just come up with this, guys. Like this is this is the train that we went through every single day, seven days out of the week. And by the way, guys, we were making 200, 300, 400, 500 cold calls every single day. So, so you got to realize you, you you match up the training with the types of calls and, and the and the and the amount of calls. I mean, bro, you, you're bound to get you're bound to get okay at it, right? But but nonetheless, they totally understand. Other than price, would there be any other thing that would prevent us from moving forward? Nah, it's the price. Got it. So when you say price, what is it that you really mean? Is it that you, you don't have the money, or you have the money, Chris, but you don't feel like you want to apply the funds to this, or is it something else? Well, you know, we've got the money. It's just we don't know if we want to make sense. We don't know if we want to move forward. Got it. So, so what do you mean when you don't want to move forward? Because, because you know, from my understanding, the reason why we helped in the call is because of X, Y, and Z. We can solve X, Y, and Z. And if we solve X, Y, and Z, these are the results. So, so it's it's not adding up here, man. And I'm here to I'm here to shed light and shed, tra- uh, shed transparency. And it's my responsibility to do some business. So, so what are you not telling me? How can, as opposed to, 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 to bringing up reasons why we can't do this, how could we do this, right? And it, it, it really just finessing the game on the back end, man. You know, that, that's how you deal with that back end stuff. Um, it goes a little bit more in depth and you've got to take their objection more seriously because it could be money, man. It could be timing. It could be there's not a lot of decision makers there. It could be that, 
you know, th- 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 it could be life. It could be a change of guard, man. It could be, it could be, you know, listen, X, Y, and Z could have passed away in their family. And right now this is not on the radar for them. Urgency is gone. Like these are real things that you're fighting with every single day, which is the reason why if you want to be an expert in sales, if you want to be very great in sales, what we're taught, what we were taught is to have a full pipeline. So you're not depending on one opportunity that, that's going to allow for you to eat for the rest of the month. You got to be, you got to have 55 million opportunities in your pipeline. So if Chris, you tell me, no, I'm not going to do business with you. I go hard on you. I go really hard on you. But if I don't get the deal and if I don't get the sale, it's not the end of the world. I just go to the other 55,000 opportunities that I have in my pipeline and I close one of them. You know? Before we wrap up this interview, I know that even when I, when I met you and then continuing on, you were already on the top leaderboard on, on the sales side with, you know, GC. How did you, what were some, you must be doing something different compared to everyone else in order to get to that spot. Um, and everyone's putting in the work, everyone's trying. What were some of the key things that you personally think was that contributed to that, that big jump of constantly every single month staying on the top? Listen, man, that, that's another great question. And it's something that I'm currently doing today, you know, um, out here as an entrepreneur and, and, uh, and attacking my own goals, and my own initiatives. And, and I guarantee y'all, you'll, you'll hear the name Mike Shield for a long time to come. Um, but the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, the number one differentiator, I know it to be a fact is, is understanding how business owners think, right? Understanding what's important to the business owner, understanding business. Business is not just sales. It's not. Business is not just sales. Now, 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 now sales is a byproduct of an incredible business and or an incredible product or service. But there's a lot of things that go into a business. And there's different tiers of businesses. You have your businesses that are doing $3 million in revenue each and every year. And then you've got your unicorns that are doing $34 billion of revenue each and every year. Well, the guy who's doing $34 billion probably, probably has different problems, right, than the guy who's doing $3 million. Their, their, their focus is somewhere else. They've got an executive board. They've got a team. He's the visionary. She's the visionary. They, they're, not, they're not dealing with SOPs. They're not trying to understand proof of concept to see if their, their product or service works. Like they're on a whole different stratosphere as opposed to the $3 million guy who's, who's just getting his feet wet. So, so listening, listening and understanding business owners and connecting with podcasts. And, and, and having mentors, man, having mentors who are business owners, mentors who are business owners that are running $100 million businesses, man, you know, like, like, like that was the, that, that right there was the biggest differentiator. Understand how to talk like a businessman or businesswoman. Don't necessarily just worry about sales, because if you could truly understand business, you can relate to anybody it is you're talking to. And that right there was that right there was everything for me right there. Wow. That's good. That's really good. My last question is if you were to be stripped away from all of your money network and resources today, and at the start all over again, tomorrow, 
what are the first three things you would do and why? <laughs> Dang, Chris, good question. Um, and when you say resources, are you talking about knowledge as well? Like, I don't know. No, no, you, got, know you, you have your knowledge. You just don't have okay. connects. You don't have people. You don't have, you know, you just, you just starting from, from zero. You gotta, you gotta build it all up mm -hmm. again. First three things. So you would do. the first three things I would do, well, the first thing I would do is pick up this mm -hmm. and start talking to people, start talking to people without people. There are no sales. Without people, there are no opportunities. The first thing I would do is, is make sure that I eliminate any type of call reluctance I have, walk into every single business, walk into every single event and make calls. Just call, just call, call, call. You gotta talk to people. The second thing that I would do, the second thing that I would do is if you don't have the resources to market, there's still effective ways to market without having resources. Marketing is number one. Marketing is number one. It's, it's everything. Marketing is everything. Marketing, then sales. That's, that, that's really the name of the game. Um, um, what we were taught, right, with my mentors is if people, if people don't know you, how can they pay you? So, so yeah, I can pick up the phone and make 150 phone calls, but if, if I can find a way to effectively market to 55,000 people without a dime coming out of my pocket, then why wouldn't I do that as well? So the first thing is start picking up this. The second thing would be to market myself, myself, like you are your own brand. You are your own business, right? And then the third thing I would do, the third thing I would do Man, the third thing that I would do is, 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 is figure out where it is that I want to be and reverse engineer. Reverse engineer to the day. What does today need to look like? What does tomorrow need to look like? What does next week need to look like? What does next month need to look like? Who do I need to get in contact with? Who do I need to communicate with? Where do they live? Where do they breathe? Where do they sleep? What events do they have? What supports them? What's on the radar? Like, like in, in, in kind of reverse engineer back to right now for the future. Pick up the phone, market, and reverse engineer. Really understand what it is you want, understand the target, and then reverse engineer from that angle. Super powerful. I think people always forget that without talking to people and meeting new people, there's no sales, yeah. there's no work. And everyone is always, you know, even like the beginner entrepreneurs, they're like, what's the best software? What's, what's my logo going to yeah. look like? What, what, what color is the button? I'm like, that's all great. But if you're not talking to people, like none of that is going to matter. No one's going to see this stuff. So none of it matters. None of it matters. None of it matters because, because you could have the best product in the world, but, but Chris, if you don't know how to overcome the objection of I'm not interested or you have no one to tell you I'm not interested, who gives a damn about your product? Shit. 100%. Mike, I appreciate being on the show, brother. For the people yeah. that want to keep up with you, follow what you're doing, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, you can find me um, on, on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Listen, it's, it's all the same thing. It's at Mike, M-I-K-E, Shill, S is in Sam, C is in Cat, H is in Hat, I-L-L -L as in Larry, Larry, underscore. Right. You can follow me. You can check me out. I'll follow you back. Stay tuned. Listen, listen, 2022 is about to be an incredible year. 
We've got a lot of cool initiatives being rolled out. We got some marketing and advertising campaigns. We got some strategic partnerships uh, rolling out. And 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 what I'm saying is, 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 is enjoy the ride because we're about to give everybody a show. We're excited at what's to come, and this is this is about to be in a killer year. So anything anything that I can't do to support you, um, or anybody who's watching, I mean, reach on out to me. Let me know you come from this man. Chris is Chris is a dear friend here. Um, we'll always be. I mean, this guy's an absolute savage in his own right. And um, if if you come from his environment you're pretty damn okay with me. So don't be hesitant to reach out. Don't, don't be hesitant to ask questions. And um, if you need any, if you need anything as it relates to books or, or so on and so forth, or suggestions on how to get better at some of the things we've spoken about here today, you know, let me know too. And I'll be more than happy to steer you down the right path. So. Brother, I appreciate you being on the show. Oh yeah. I appreciate you, man. Keep crushing it. We'll do this all over again soon when we're both billionaires. I promise.